When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in here, out there. Welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. And tonight, I come to you with a spring in my step, a song in my heart, emotionally and spiritually refreshed. Because you know how, as humans, we have to accept the fact that sometimes bad things happen to good people? Well, by the grace of God, sometimes bad things happen to Alex Jones. (laughs) And that, that's a good thing. Because, and this just came down, thanks to a ruling by a Connecticut jury, Alex Jones has been ordered to pay Sandy Hook victims' families nearly $1 billion. One. Woo! That's a lot of money! <laughs> you heard that right. Billion with a capital Bye. <laughs> and that's it. That's that story. (laughs) A lot of other stories to talk about tonight, but I'd be just as happy to stand here and grin. (laughs) Should I do the monologue? Let's do the monologue. Fine, fine. Let's move on. We're here. We're here. Feel like I'm peeking, but we'll go on. (laughs) The big story tonight is whatever happens tomorrow, because the January 6th committee will hold what's being called the probably final public (laughs) hearing. That sounds possibly... Exciting. <laughs> now, if tomorrow is the finale, I hope it ends like Seinfeld, with all the main characters in jail. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> it was a coup about nothing. <laughs> and now, <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. From now, democracy is still alive and well in America for bears. As I informed you yesterday, last night was the final vote of Fat Bear Week 2022. The contest pitted plucky tubby cubby 901 (laughs) against the fan favorite 747, nicknamed Colbert, (laughs) which is inspired... which is inspired by the ear imperfection he shares with Stephen Colbert. Yeah, check it out. Check my deformity out, okay? I'm the most famous person with an ear imperfection... Take that, Vincent Van Gogh. (laughs) You big crybaby. Well, the results are in. People have spoken about bears. And 747 Colbert is America's fat bear! (laughs) There are other less important elections out there, like the race for Georgia's Senate seat featuring Republican nominee and man saying, 
the baby's father is moi. <laughs> Herschel Walker. Walker's been in hot water ever since we learned that, despite his hardline, no exceptions, abortion is murder political position, in 2009, he urged his girlfriend to get an abortion and paid for it. Eventually. Because yesterday we learned the woman had to repeatedly press Walker for funds to pay for it. Ah, so he's cool with abortion as long as it doesn't cost him. So he's socially liberal, fiscally conservative, <laughs> complete a-hole. <laughs> to steer. To steer the conversation away from abortion or his multiple secret children with multiple secret lovers, yesterday Walker held a rally and told this totally unrelated story. So I've been telling this little story about this bull out in the field with six cows and three of them are pregnant. So you know he got something going on. Yeah, he's getting dating advice from Herschel Walker. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, go on. But all he cared about is kept his nose against the fence looking at three other cows that had been blown to him. Now all he had to do is eat grass, but no, 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 he thought something was better somewhere else. So he decided, I want to get over there. So one day he measured that fence up and he said, I think I can jump this. So that day came where he got back and he got back and as he took off running, he dove over that fence and his belly got cut up onto the bottom. But as he made it over on the other side, he shook it off and got so excited about it. And he ran to the top of that hill, but when he got up there, he realized they were bulls too. The moral of that story is don't let Herschel Walker near a microphone. <laughs> that is the most inappropriate animal story I've heard since the very horny caterpillar. <laughs> uh, President Biden, you know Joe Biden. Yeah. Give him hell, Joe. Getting a lot done. Biden's also been busy lately. Last night, he sat down for an interview with the last remaining CNN employee, Jake Tapper. <laughs> it was really good to hear from Joe, considering that last week at a fundraiser, he casually warned that the world is at risk of nuclear Armageddon, which, experts agree, is one of the worst kinds of Armageddon. <laughs> now, thankfully, Biden doesn't believe Putin is insane enough to actually use nukes. It's just that he's made a bunch of mistakes that put him in a desperate situation. Condi Rice and, and Bob Gates and James Clapper have used words like erratic and unhinged to describe Putin's behavior today. Do you think Putin is a rational actor? I think he is a rational actor who's miscalculated significantly. Okay, a rational actor who's miscalculated significantly. So, Jared Leto in House of Gucci? <laughs> Why? Why? Why did you do it? But things got really spicy when Jake brought up Biden's age. What's your message to Democrats who like you, who like what you've done, but are concerned about your age and the demands of the job? Well, they're concerned about whether or not I can get anything done. Look what I've gotten done. They've been saying this about my age for since I began to run. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, we you... can come work out with me in the morning. You want to go, Jake? <laughs> you want to work out, baby? 
I mean, I tell ya. <laughs> I tell ya. Look, look, do, do you even lift Broham? Okay? <laughs> Meet me at 0400 and toss the old medicine ball around, okay? Watch me pull a fishing boat down the Potomac with just my chompers. <laughs> then I'll punch a steak till it's tartar, peel off my singlet, jump into the ice barrel. It's a workout routine I call P. I'm almost 90X. Come on, Jake Jack. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Thank you, citizen. Now, no matter how stressful life is, you can always take comfort in the fact that you're not Facebook founder and proof that money can't buy you haircut, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Old Zuck's been having a rough go of it. First, he renamed Facebook Meta, as in he never met a democracy he couldn't destroy. <laughs> and over the past year, his company's stock price has tumbled nearly 60%. Mark, I say this from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> One reason Meta is losing value is because they are bad at the things that they do. Mainly, the simulated online reality called the Metaverse, where Zuckerberg envisions billions of people inhabiting immersive digital environments for hours on end, working, socializing, and playing games. And you know how you don't want to do any of the things I just described to you? Zuckerberg thinks you do, because his head is up an immersive experience called his butt. <laughs> In fact, and it's very hard... <laughs> it is very hard to do that with the goggles on. <laughs> In fact, Mark has thrown a zuckload of cash at this idea, but even his own employees don't understand why. A recent internal poll found that out of 1,000 Meta employees polled, only 58% said they understood the Metaverse strategy. And when Zuckerberg urged Meta to have virtual meetings, many Meta employees didn't have VR headsets or hadn't gotten around to setting them up. VR is their whole thing now. It's like if Arby's slogan was, wait, I was supposed to have meats? <laughs> One of the... One of the biggest problems in the metaverse is that it looks like meta-doo-doo. Check it out. It's like a YouTube-only kids cartoon made in Denmark to teach songs about recycling. <laughs> so the Meta Brain Trust got together and came up with a cutting-edge solution to all their problems, and they tweeted it out yesterday. Legs! <laughs> okay. In response, finger. Why? Why? Wait, why? Don't encourage me. <laughs> In fact, morale of the company is so low that some workers now refer to key metaverse projects as MMH, an acronym for Make Mark Happy. And at his latest town hall, he embraced it. And the late show, is this true? We have acquired an exclusive clip. Jim? Hey, we're here together in the all-new Meta MMH, a virtual reality space my company has built to keep me happy and out of their reality. Clap if you love me. Hey, Mark. Hey, this is my executive assistant, Christine. What positive business news do you have to report? We all believe in the direction you're taking this company. Good. 
And we were talking about how maybe, just maybe, we could rein in some of the metaverse spending seeing as our stocks have fallen 60%? That doesn't M me very H. You know what happens when M is un H. Please don't. Any other constructive criticism, floating torso? We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, George Stephanopoulos. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. My first guest tonight is the anchor of Good Morning America, and this week with George Stephanopoulos, his new documentary series is Power Trip, Those Who Seek Power and Those Who Chase Them. Please welcome to The Late Show, George Stephanopoulos. Finally! Finally. There you are, (laughs) in the seat. Nice to see you. Good to see you. We've never actually had a conversation. We've never been able to... You've never interviewed me. I've never not interviewed... Not the real Stephen Colbert. Exactly. Not... Which not... I actually couldn't believe. I was telling your team backstage. I could take a lie detector test swearing that I was on the show. And right. I haven't been on it. Well, we've had your your wife, Ellen Wentworth, on a couple of times. A couple of times. And she basically... sends her regards, by oh, the way. Oh, send it back. And she's got the same basic vibe you do. <laughs> right. No. Here's... This is... I think this is 2012 is this or early this 2013. Week one? This is... You had me on for this week... <laughs> with uh, George Stephanopoulos when I had a super back back in the day. So this is 10 years ago was the last time we were on camera together. Look at those two young more bucks. Yes, we were young. With dark hair. <laughs> 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 it's tough to, like, Washington is full of, you know, well-intentioned, poorly informed, high-status idiots, which is what, <laughs> which is what I was. What was it like? interviewing well, the it character, because very few people got to do that. It was very hard to interview it, because I could never stay in character interviewing you in character. <laughs> I would break up the whole time. But I realize now I owe you, I, I, I owe you a debt. Why? It was the perfect training for interviewing Donald Trump. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, because both? nothing I said <laughs> meant anything. Well, no, that's the thing. You both throw up these clouds of word salad. Yeah. It actually, if you look closely at them, mm-hmm. often is nonsense. Mm-hmm. Nonsense but... to you, George, but these people get it done to you. <laughs> I want to ask you about an interview you did with Maggie Haberman uh, oh. recently. Okay, so she's got the, the book, uh, The Confidence Man book. Incredible book. Basically, the making of the former president. Yeah. And you're in it. That's what I want to ask you about it, is that you're in it, and she details how the then-candidate uh, former president lashed out at you 
after a 2016 interview you did with him, why did he lash it out was, at you? Because he lashed out so many ways to I so many different people. What was the lashing about? Well, it was this interview. It was the day after the Democratic convention in 2016. I guess it was a Friday. And I flew out to Colorado to meet him in, in some town. And we started to talk, and I asked him a question about, remember this gold star mother, the Muslim woman whose son was killed? Yeah, I remember, in Iraq? yeah, sure, sure. And he attacked her. Mm. And he just went after her, and I was like, okay, I guess the interview's over. He just ended his campaign. But we kept on going. And I started to ask him about his relationship with Vladimir Putin, mm. which he never gave a straight answer to. He said he knew him, he said he didn't know him, he said he met him, he said he didn't meet him. So I asked him about three or four times, just, you know, just tell us what the relationship was. And I, I was just asking factual questions, went three or four times with him, and he finished the interview, and he walked out of the door and called over my producer who had been traveling with him, one of the embeds traveling with him, and I could hear the yelling in the hallway. Then he had Hope Hicks come back into the room and get me and walk me into the hall. And then he started yelling at me, going on and on and on and on and on, because I asked him about Vladimir Putin, which should have been the biggest tell in the world back in 2016. Yes. Um, one of the things that Maggie talks about, if I call her Maggie, Ms. Haberman talks about in her book, is how difficult it has been over the years to report on that fella, because anything you say about him, especially fact-checking his lies, ends up reinforcing what the original assertion he made was, and the fact check, you know, the, what is it, the, a lie will go around the world while facts are still putting yeah. on shoes or something like that, and that you reinforce the lie by talking about the fact check, and I'm just curious nothing how is, you've learned to deal with nothing that. Nothing has bedeviled me more over the last seven years. Mm -hmm. I mean, this has been the biggest possible problem is, at what, le at, at what point do we become complicit in all this simply by covering him? Mm -hmm. like, and, and I think that's a, a fair question. Well, the crazy thing was that when he was elected president of the United States, one of the things that just chilled me was, oh, now there's no not talking about him. Well, because and, he's the most important person there, in the world. There's, but there are things that we did learn, like, like things that we would never do now that we used to like just sort of broadcast his words, and then if he lied, we'd say, oh, he, that's a lie. Yep. Now, you know, at least on my shows, if what he says is factually untrue, he won't show it. Mm -hmm. We'll say he's lied again about the election. Oh, that's good. That's but good. But that's a start. You know, it's, sure, that's nice. That is. That's good. That's a good answer. <laughs> but it's, it's, Just the fact check, but, not the assertion. But all the things that used to, used to work about politici in politicians, you would show that they changed their positions. Nobody cared about that. You would show he called John McCain a war hero, a loser. Nobody cared about that. He attacked a gold star mom. Nobody cared. Not nobody, but... People didn't care enough. Not sufficiently. Uh, not sufficiently. He shot a guy on Fifth Avenue that, and he kept his face. And that worked. And, you know, he accused Barack Obama of wiretapping him. Completely untrue. Nobody had ever made an accusation like that against a former president. He did seem to survive all that. I'm not sure that that string is going to continue. Actually, I don't think that string is going to continue. But it, it, it has been amazing. Um, tomorrow, as we were saying earlier, tomorrow, January 6th, possibly, maybe... The final, final hearing. hearing, not entirely sure. And they're sure. saying there's going to be all this new Secret Service evidence that comes out. But I guess my big question about that is, what else do we need to know? He lost the election. He lied about it. He stoked up a crowd of armed militants. They stormed the Capitol while he watched it on TV. Shouldn't that be case closed? Sure. So... 
George Stephanopoulos right now is calling on them to not have the hearing tomorrow, <laughs> is what I'm hearing. I'm going to be watching, no You're, question. I'm going to be watching, too. You're going to be reporting on it. I'm going to watch your reporting and then make jokes about it. Okay. So, what do you... So, there's... By the you, way... What do you want to... Yes? No, and just before I walk in here, I mean, you guys haven't had a chance to process it yet. The Washington Post has an amazing story. I heard about coming this. Out Tell right the people now. what it, this it's, is. It's kind of incredible. They say, according to people inside the investigation, a Trump employee has told them that after the subpoena came in for the documents at Mar-a-Lago, Trump told him to move the documents. And they have, they show, uh, they have on security camera footage, according to the Washington Post, showing the boxes being moved. So before the FBI went in there to grab them, there was stuff that was shipped out to According locations According to this unknown. Washington Post article. Okay. Wow. Kind of amazing. So it's time to raid Trump Tower and, <laughs> and Bedminster. Who knows and, what? And yeah. Eric's house yeah. and stuff like that. Sure. <laughs> Why not? We have to take a quick break. But when we come back, I will ask George about what he's looking forward to in the January 6th hearings tomorrow. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Pod Show listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. George Stephanopoulos, right there. We've learned a lot. What do you What are you hearing, actual news person, about what we're going to learn tomorrow? Well, tomorrow they they said there's no live witnesses tomorrow, but they are saying there's really? going to be yeah there's going to be new witness testimony. And we know that since the last hearing, they've interviewed many more Secret Service agents. They say, according to background briefings that came out today, that they have a lot many more texts coming from the Secret Service as well. And what they're saying, all this information is going to show even more about the state of mind and the actions of Donald Trump on that day. Um, now, all of this um, will have some influence on the midterms. Um, people, people say that some. it has... Some. Not a lot, but some. Um, concern about democracy is one of the things that, that, at least on the Democratic side, people are motivated to vote on. Um, what are the biggest races that you're looking at uh, come November 8th? And, and what is the significance of those? Well, I think the big ones, you have to look at the Senate. I think the House is more likely than not, it usually does in, in midterms go against the incumbent president. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's very hard for the Democrats to hold the House. But the Senate could go either way. And I think if you, you really can just look at four races, Georgia, Nevada, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, they're going to tell the story. Mm -hmm. Whichever party wins, if, if one party wins three of the four, they're going to control the Senate, I believe. Mm -hmm. And if you really wanted to boil it down to one, you were showing it earlier in the show, Herschel Walker, the, the Georgia. The Georgia race could be the tipping point race in this election. If Herschel Walker is elected to the Senate, what is the damn point? Because <laughs> it really means that nothing means anything anymore. There are no consequences. There are no consequences at all for hypocrisy then. It's been a mind-blowing couple of weeks. There's been no, no question you, about you that. You used to work in politics. Yeah. Were there ever consequences for hypocrisy? Oh, sure. I mean, people used to be in fear of being called out for flipping um, positions or, you know, lying about paying for an abortion if that's, in fact, uh, what happened. Mm -hmm. um, and you used to pay a price for it. But it, it, one of the most 
chilling things about the last several years, I mean, going back to the Access Hollywood tape, is how people can process new information that they would normally be troubled by, but if it's about their team, they close ranks. Well, let's talk about the, the midterms for another reason, because you produce a new docu-series called Power Trip, Those Who Seek Power and Those Who Chase Them, and it's on the midterm elections. Explain I'm what the show is and why this, yeah. this is important to you. Because what we've done is we take... Uh, we usually have very young reporters in their 20s mm -hmm. go out and cover presidential campaigns. We call them embeds because they're embedded. They live with the campaigns. Mm -hmm. We decided this year to do it with the midterm elections, picked seven incredibly young, ambitious, smart, uh, fun-to-watch uh, reporters, and we've sent them out to cover the midterm elections. And we want to show people the process, show them how they're trying to cover what I think is an incredibly consequential uh, midterm elections. And they're doing a great job. You're in it, too. Yeah, I'm sort of their coach, which is fun sure. for me, too. Yeah. Well, and, you... and I don't have to travel. I can just call them on the phone. So, <laughs> <it's okay. laughs> so you not only you coach the reporters, but if, if you had to, you could coach the people they're covering, too, because you understand what it's like I've been the on other the other side. side. And we talk about that as well. One of the things we draw on in this show is my, my background in politics. I worked in Congress for many years. I worked in the Michael Dukakis campaign and, of course, for Bill Clinton, both in his campaign mm -hmm. and first term in the White House. And we, I, I use what I learned there to help inform what's going on now. We, we have a clip here. Anything you need to set up? I, I'm talking to a reporter, Laley, who's covering the Herschel Walker mm -hmm. campaign. And I'm, again, going back to my experience in Clinton years as she's talking about trying to get the story from Herschel Walker. Jim? This week, I feel like I really experienced what some of the other embeds are experiencing because all my messages to their staffers, it's just not a lot of responses coming back. I remember being on the other side as a staffer when stories like this hit. In the Clinton campaign, we got hit by the Jennifer and the draft stories, you know, in the space of a couple of weeks. And uh, Clinton's poll numbers dropped a lot. On the And part of the way he fought back was to go confront it, was to answer every question. Do you get the sense that Walker is now trying to move towards that by taking these questions today? No. I think that this was the campaign's way of making sure that the press got off their back a little. Now his campaign staffers can say, hey, he gaggled. Yeah. She gave a good answer right she there. Sure she, she, yeah, she sure did. She sure did. And this is available on? Hulu. We drop one every Sunday. George, good Thanks. to see you. Power Trip is on Hulu now. It's George Stephanopoulos, everybody. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. 
Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.